Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer for the low. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you guys. Joining me in segment number two, we've got Danny Vietti aboard. He does amazing work over at CBS Sports. He is also one half of the Wake and Rake podcast. He does that with World Series champion Will Middlebrooks. We're going to be taking a look at what we saw in the early games on Tuesday, turning it forward to what we're going to be getting the rest of this wild card round. Could we be seeing some surprises with regards to the postseason picture? Can anyone knock off the Atlanta Braves? We're going to be talking about that. And so much more with Danny in segment number two. In the final segment, going to get you guys picks and analysis on all four games on the betting board for this Baseball Wednesday as we touch them all. Now, do note that because I do have to do this a little bit in advance in the way that playoff baseball is, some of these games might not have openers until very, very late Tuesday into early Wednesday. So I'm going to be having to do the National League games while trying to project forward just a little bit, but I'm going to get you guys my picks and analysis on all four of those games in the final segment. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my X timeline at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, Lurzium, name does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Another way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not get in any Twitter questions slash X questions today, but did have a great day of baseball on Tuesday, a wild card Tuesday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Texas Rangers lead things off by being able to take down the Tampa Bay Rays by a count of 4-0. to Just absolutely nothing doing for the Tampa Bay Rays in this one. As Jordan Montgomery, he was on point in this one. Seven shutout innings. He did allow six hits. And you saw the Tampa Bay Rays go just one of six with men in scoring position. But the Rangers, they had men on base all game long. They actually strand 13 men on base in this one. As for the Tampa Bay Rays, Tyler Glassow did not necessarily have it in this one. He did have five walks. Over the course of five innings, it was also hurt by the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays had four, count them, four errors out there in the field, and that certainly did not help out his cause, to say the least. As from there, you did have Chris Savinsky after Glasgow gives up the four runs, three of which earned in five innings. Go for two scoreless innings. Jake Diekman, Andrew Kittredge, they were both able to get through a scoreless inning, and for the Texas Rangers, Araldis Chapman, Jose Leclerc, they both threw a scoreless inning, so they're pretty much your two most trustworthy pitchers for the Texas Rangers bullpen, so they're one game away from advancing. The Minnesota Twins, they sap an 18-game losing streak in the postseason. My DK Network write-a-pick was the Toronto Blue Jays, and 
Well, Royce Lewis made sure that that did not cash as he drove in all three of the runs for the Minnesota Twins. Two home runs in this one, fresh off of the injured list. No grand slams. He had four in a four-week span during the regular season, but both of those home runs came off of Gavin Gosman, who he was not sharp in this one. For Gosman gives up all three of those runs, both of those home runs and four innings. From there, the bullpen really did their part. Eric Swanson, Tim Meza piecemeal together. A scoreless inning. Chad Green, Genesis Cabrera combined for two scoreless innings. And then Jordan Nix, a scoreless inning as well, but also for the Blue Jays. Lots of squandered opportunities. They strand nine men on base as Pablo Lopez. Very good start in this one. Allows one run in five and two-thirds innings. Louis Varlin gets an out of the bullpen. And then Griffin Jacks, Caleb Theobar, Johan Duran, they're all able to supply a scoreless inning. And I have to do this a little bit in advance because the Greg Peterson experience, that is from midnight to 3 Eastern time on VSIN. That would be 9 to midnight Pacific, so I do have to do these recaps right around 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern. So doing this as the National League games are in the balance, but looking like the Phillies should be able to cruise here against the Miami Marlins. They're up by kind of 3-0, to zero, getting through 7 innings. They've been just absolutely rolling behind Zach Wheelan and Dylan Wheeler, who has been wheeling, and he has been dealing. And for the Miami Marlins, they only got four innings out of Asus Cesardo. Surrendered three runs, gave up eight hits. Felt like it honestly could have been a little bit worse for the Miami Marlins than what it was. A.J. Puck from there, squirrel setting. George Soriano's squirrel setting. So trending towards and under. I will clean this up on the podcast tomorrow. And then with the Milwaukee Birds, as I do this podcast, they're currently trailing by a count of four to three against the Arizona Diamondbacks. As they have had a comedy of issues in this one. Three runs on 11 hits, having stranded the bases loaded twice in the first five innings. Ten men stranded on base in the first six innings for them. So if the Brewers are unable to come back, they have nobody but themselves to blame. As as of right now, the big fly for them, Tyrone Taylor was able to go yard off of Brandon Fought. His first home run of the postseason as for Fought. He gave up three runs in two and two-thirds innings. And from there, the bullpen has been able to hold it down. Joe Mantiply, a pair of outs out of the bullpen. Miguel Castro, Ryan Nelson, they piecemeal together. A combined scoreless inning. Ryan Thompson was able to hold down the fort for five outs out of the bullpen as well. So we'll see where the Diamondbacks go from here. But for the Diamondbacks, they got a trio of home runs. As Quitel Marte of the Marte Parte and Corbin Carroll were both able to go deep for Carroll. He had 25 home runs during the regular season. And for our good friend, Mr. Quitel Marte, he had 25 as well. And then you got some nice production out of Gabriel Moreno. He was able to go yard at just seven home runs during the regular season. And they all came off of Corbin Burns, who was not sharp. Something that I've been noting on this podcast the last few years is that it does feel like Corbin Burns does not necessarily pitch the same at home as he does on the road. Four runs surrendered in four innings with three home runs allowed. Bullpen from there has done a solid job. Elvis Piguero, Hobie Milner, Joel Pionf. Both got a pair of outs on the bullpen. Abner Uribe, he was able to get three outs as well. As of right now, all four of the guys I mentioned have thrown 15 pitches or fewer. So conceivably, they could be able to come back for a game two on Wednesday. So we shall see what happens there. And Kevin Ginkle has just come into the game for the years. And the Diamondbacks, and as of right now, we're trending towards 300s for sure. That Brewers game, that closed as an eight. So could get a push. We could get an under, but we're going to be diving in there. And as of right now, you have the Rangers who are able to cash as an underdog. The Minnesota Twins, they were a very slight favorite. Looks like the Phillies should be able to get there as a favorite. And that Brewers game, in my opinion, is one that's really hanging out there in the balance. And if you take a look at last 30 days going into the postseason, we were seeing quite a few overs in baseballs. Over the last 30 days going into the postseason, 173 overs, 173 unders. Meanwhile, favorites in this time span, hitting at about 57%, 206 and 155. But among these favorites, we have seen 55 unable to cover minus one and a half, and you will notice during the postseason. If you look at run lines, certainly they are juiced much more than what you're going to find during the regular season, being able to get multi-run wins. They're a little bit more difficult as favorites overall for the season. Did it about 57.8% on the money line, but what you found on the run line is these teams struggled. 351 teams in total as favorites at one outright or unable to cover minus one and a half and overall for the season. We have seen the under have a slight lead on overs. 1,165 unders, 1,154 overs. That's 50.2% to the under. So that's what we got in baseball right now. That's what we saw on a wild card Tuesday. And that's what we have trend-wise. Coming up next, 
We are going to be taking a look at what we saw in the early slate of games with regards to Wild Card Tuesday. We're going to be seeing if any team is able to take down the Atlanta Braves and which Wild Card team might be able to advance the furthest with our good friend Danny Vietti of CBS Sports and the Wake and Rake Podcast. On the flip side, here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Reason Family Podcast. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? 
Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now a part of the Visa family, a podcast. We've got a great podcast. as Danny Vietti, who does amazing work over at CBS Sports and is also one half of the Wake and Rake podcast. Is joining me with Danny he does absolutely amazing work taking a look at this game that we all know and love. And with his podcast, Wake and Rake podcast, he does that with Will Middlebrooks. We all know that he is a World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox and a former Milwaukee Brewer as well. That always must be stated on this show. Danny does absolutely amazing work over on his X slash Twitter feed at Danny Vietti. That last name is spelled V-I-E-T-T-I altogether. And Danny, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Always happy to join. Always happy to have you aboard. And Danny, with regards to what we saw in terms of the American League games in game number one, what did you take away from the fact that the Rays got shut out and the and the Minnesota Twins were able to get the job done? Because I do think that the biggest takeaway I had from those early two games was the fact that Royce Lewis was really the difference maker for the Minnesota Twins. And we always talk about some of these star players and how they have such an impact on their team when they're in slash out of the fold. I think that Royce Lewis is starting to get to that point for the Minnesota Twins. No doubt. I'll start in Tampa. Tampa did everything that Texas wanted them to do. Tampa allowed their starting pitcher to pitch deep into the ballgame, which means they were able to hide their shaky bullpen in Texas. Tampa played horrendously on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Jose Siri throwing the ball into the dugout, allowing a free run. Poor, lousy pitch and catch across the board the entire game. It was almost as if they were nervous when Tampa is the team that's supposed to have more playoff experience when comparing themselves to Texas. So just a horrendous day across the board. Glasnow was wild and You look at his playoff stats and his career, and he has an ERA that's inflated up over five, over 10 starts in the postseason. So that's not looking great. Just a bad day one for Tampa across the board. I I think Texas, their game plan was Jordan Montgomery pitches deep in the ball game, which means they don't have to rely on their bullpen. And Tampa gave them everything that they could have wanted. So I don't expect Tampa to play that poorly in game two, because if they do, they're going to be sent home real quick. As for Minnesota, the atmosphere was incredible. Those Twins fans deserve tons of credit for just bringing the energy every single inning. Royce Lewis, he was my X factor going into the postseason. I think if Royce Lewis is healthy, of course, he's nursing that hamstring injury and he missed the last two weeks of the season. If Royce Lewis is healthy, it completely changes that Minnesota Twins offense. Obviously, the departure, the the missing of Byron Buxton, also hurts this team. But once Royce Lewis was inserted into the Twins lineup about midway, two-thirds way into the season, it completely changed them from a team that was normally just dominated against. They had the highest strikeout percentage in baseball and still do as a lineup. But once Royce Lewis got put into that lineup, all of a sudden those guys that were on base that whenever they would strike out would be left stranded. Now Royce Lewis is driving them in. He's matured beyond his years. He's had a great story too. I mean, a former top pick. He tore his ACL twice coming off of that 2020 COVID season where he did not play because he was still in the minor leagues. So he's been itching. He's been hungry for moments like these and he showed up in a huge way. 
Oh, he certainly did. As Danny Vietti does great work over at CBS Sports, is joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And when it comes to the Game 2s that we are going to be finding out there, it is going to be Jose Barrios, the former Minnesota Twin, who's going to be going for the Blue Jays up against Sonny Gray. And I do think that the Blue Jays are going to be up against it in Game 2. And then for the Rays, it is going to be Zach Eflin going up against Ethan Avaldi. And I do think that out of the two teams that lost as we are doing this podcast, currently waiting to see what we get on the National League side of things, I do think that the Tampa Bay Rays have the best chance of being able to bounce back because I just take a look at those two pitching matchups. And with Ethan Avaldi since coming off the injured list, he has been a complete shell of what he has been in the past. And for Jose Barrios, now he has pitched in Minnesota, but he's always been a guy that I've had to gauge differently when he's been on the road versus when he is at home. You just got to get to that bullpen if you're Tampa. And that's what Tampa's supposed to do. The depth that they possess, you got to take pitches early. You got to attack pitches. Rosarena had some good ABs. Other than that, it was pretty lackluster across the board. I'm a little perplexed by Tampa showing in game one. I don't know whether to blame it on first game nerves. I'm not sure what it was. If you're Tampa, you just completely forget about it. Act like it really didn't happen because there's nothing that you can learn from that. Because you did nothing right. If anything, you can just go at it in game two. And look, you have Nathan Eovaldi, a guy that has struggled since coming off the injured list. I question whether he's 100%. Not that anybody's 100% in October. But I really question what his arm is capable of doing right now. I feel like injuries at the Texas Rangers suffered in their rotation. John Gray, DeGrom, Scherzer. I feel like they may have rushed Eovaldi back just a bit. So I still question you know, what percent he's at health-wise. They just got to get to that Texas Rangers bullpen. If the Rays can get to the bullpen, I like their chances. But if Nathan Eovaldi pitches deep into this game, like I said, I think Tampa could have an early exit. Yep, I do think that with Nathan Eovaldi, the fact that he really didn't do any minor league rehab assignments was something that stood out to me. And you tell that he just has not been right. I do think that out of those two teams, the Rays have the best chance of being able to get to a game three because I just think that Nathan Evaldi is not necessarily 100% as you were alluding to a little bit earlier. And with regards to the National League side of things, we are doing this as we do not know the results of either of those games. So as we are doing this, not sure how you viewed the playoff picture going in, but I did think that if there was going to be a little bit of chaos with regards to the wild card round, it was going to be coming on the American League side of things because I look at the way that the Arizona Diamondbacks was coming into the postseason with their offense, not impressed by it at all. One of the worst teams since the beginning of the month of July in terms of driving and runs for the Miami Marlins. It has been so interesting to look at them because if they had their full allotment of pitchers with Sandy Alcantara and company, perhaps they'd be able to pull this off. But if they get to a game three, they would have to throw out there some like an Edward Cabrera. And they're a team that they somehow, someway piecemealed it together to the postseason. Great story from Skip Shoemaker. I just feel like they're a little bit outgunned here by Philadelphia. They've been handed some some tough cards, Miami. They deserve so much credit for even being in the position that they are right now. Yuri Perez going down. They lost Max Meyer earlier in the year. And not to mention Yuri Perez before he got injured. He was on an innings restriction because of how young he is. Jazz Chisholm was injured for half the season. They've had a tough hand, and yet here they are making it into the postseason for the first time in a full season since I think it was 03. So they deserve a lot of credit. With that being said, I agree. I think the National League is a bit top-heavy, especially considering the injury that Brandon Woodruff suffered. I was kind of riding that Brewers bandwagon. You look at the postseason, and you look at the history and what it tells us. It tells us that streaky lineups, dominant starting pitching, and a really good bullpen, you can go and make a magical run in the playoffs. That's exactly who Milwaukee is when Brandon Woodruff is healthy. That three-horse trio of Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, and Brandon Woodruff, that's tough to beat, especially in a best-of-three, best-of-five series. So I really like the momentum of Milwaukee. All of a sudden, now Woodruff, he's not going to pitch in the wildcard series, and there's a chance he could get back for the DS if they advance, and there's a chance he could come back if they advance further than that. But there's still a question mark there. You take into account the injury to Brandon Woodruff, the lack of star power on Arizona, truthfully, and then the injuries that Miami has suffered. You look at the Dodgers, Braves, and Philly, I think it's a bit top-heavy. Going over the other side of the bracket, I see six teams on the American League side of things that can all win the American League pennant. Baltimore is dealing with injury issues to their closer in Felix Batista. I have questions with the back end of their bullpen. Tampa looked atrocious in game one. 
I do think they'll bounce back. Texas has a really good offense. Minnesota has really good pitching. And Toronto actually led all of Major League Baseball with ERA from their starting pitchers. So I see six teams that can truly compete for a championship on the American League side of things. And nationally, it's going to be a little bit different. I see three teams that are uh, head and shoulders above the next three. Yep, I am in agreement with you there. I do think that in the National League, it's really hard for anyone to be able to knock off the Atlanta Braves as joining me on the show. We do have Danny Vietti. He does great work over at CBS Sports because I know you were talking about there being really a top three with the National League, but I just do take a look at the Braves. And I do think that even though you might have a top three there, I think that there's a very clear number one. And how do you think a team would go about being able to take down the Atlanta Braves? Because the one issue that I do have with the Braves right now is that the pitching can be a little bit topsy-turvy and they have been dealing with some injuries. You did see Max Fried out towards the back after the regular season now. I know that there is some sort of a simulated game that is going to be going on this week in which Max Fried is going to be pitching in, should be good to go when it comes to that divisional series. But that's really the lone flaw that I see with an Atlanta Braves team that it just feels like they're so stacked and they should be, in my opinion, the head and shoulders favorite going into the divisional series to be able to win the whole thing. When dissecting Atlanta, don't even mention their lineup because (laughs) if anybody even tries or even attempts to critique their lineup, their line out there, you know what? There is no hole in the Atlanta Braves lineup. They're 10, 11 guys deep, and there is not a single play in that lineup that you want to face. When you consider the injuries that they've suffered to their starting rotation, however, you can make an argument that Atlanta has some holes. Charlie Morton going on the injured list, he's not going to be available for the divisional series. They're hoping to get him back if they advance. Max Freed, he's dealing with a blister issue. They don't see that becoming an issue that lingers, but blisters can be tough. I mean, Otani dealt with blisters all season long. You see pitchers deal with blisters. A lot of guys that have hard grips on the knuckle curves and the normally a breaking ball. Those kind of injuries can linger. So you really hope that doesn't, you know, become the case with Max Freed. After that, Spencer Strider had a four plus ERA in the second half this season, still striking out batters at an incredible rate, but he was hit around a little bit more so in the second half. Similarly, Bryce Elder, he had about a two and a half ERA going into the All-Star break. Since then, he's been hit around a little bit. So if you're looking at where the holes are for Atlanta, don't even mention their lineup because that's not even an argument. But you can absolutely make the case that starting pitching-wise, they're limping a little bit into the playoffs, and the bullpen can be a little bit shaky with their bridge guys going to Ryus Iglesias in the ninth. Yep, I do think that that is something certainly to be taking note of because with the Atlanta Braves, that is the one thing that I can find with them. But I just have a tough time thinking that any team can be the number one bunch that is able to take them down at this point. Now, we've seen crazy things in baseball, but I just look at the Atlanta Braves, and they should be by far the favorite. But when it comes to the American League, I don't necessarily see quite as much of that because with the American League, you did see the uh, Orioles be the top team with regards to regular season, but I think that the health of Felix Batista certainly something to take note of. Credit where credit is due. A lot of those guys like Ian Cano, Danny Colom, they have stepped up in the bullpen, but I do take a look at this Baltimore Orioles team, one in which I feel like they're a whole is greater than the sum of its parts lineup, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how they perform here in the postseason, because we've always sort of lumped in the Tampa Bay Rays as a team that they do a great job during the course of a 162-game season, but they're not necessarily built for the postseason, and I do think that the Orioles, for lack of a better term, might be sort of cut from that same cloth as well. I wonder if the Orioles are just young and dumb enough, and I mean that in the most complimentary way. I wonder if they're young and dumb enough to think that they really can get over those postseason nerves. You know, me and Middlebrooks on the podcast were talking a lot about this. He had the Astros advancing past the Orioles and the ALCS, and a lot of the reason was because of the lack of playoff experience for Baltimore. And Will was comparing it to his own career. He was kind of telling me stories of the moments in which he first stepped to the dish for his first postseason at bat. He was facing some of the best pitchers in the league, as all these players are doing in the postseason. He said the amount of pressure and the amount of emotion when you are first playing in your first postseason is incomparable to anything you've ever done in your baseball career. Now, sometimes for some players – the moment doesn't ever get too big for them. And you'd like to think that about guys like Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman. But until we see them actually step to the dish for their first at-bats and experience their first playoff environment and playoff thrills, 
we're not going to know. You have to have some concerns when it comes to a team that is that young and doesn't have a whole lot of postseason experience. And you have to have some concerns too, like I said, with Felix Batista not going to be available late in innings because there's going to be a trickle effect. I know they have Yenny or Cano, but it could be more so a ninth inning by committee if Cano cannot get the job done. There's absolutely going to be a trickle effect with the loss of Batista because if Yenny or Cano is pitching the ninth, I mean, somebody else is going to have to pitch the eighth. And if the starting pitcher isn't pitching deep in the ball games, now you have questions when it comes to their bridge guys. I think Baltimore is a really strong team. They're young. They're fun. It's just going to be a matter of how big the moment becomes for them. Yeah, but I think that that is going to be so key to take a look at as well as Danny Fietti, who does amazing work over at CBS Sports, joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show. And then with regards to potential upsets that we are going to be seeing, if I were to pick a wild card team that I like the most to be able to pull off a upset with regards to the divisional round, I probably would be going with the Milwaukee Brewers if Brandon Woodruff is out there in the fold. And I just wish at the Philadelphia Phillies, if they were able to advance past the wild card round, would draw someone other than the Atlanta Braves because they would be my pick. But if there is a team that you take a look at in the wild card round right now that could be able to spring an upset, who would it be? Because we were just talking about the Baltimore Orioles, the fact that they might be having some flaws. I think that they are a team that could be a little bit vulnerable when it comes to that divisional round. But I do go back to the Milwaukee Brewers and with their pitching, I do think that this is a team that as long as they're able to get by the Arizona Diamondbacks, and as we do this show, they are just completely pounding the tar out of Brandon Fott, by the way. I do think that they've got the potential to be able to make a little bit of a run and then eventually fall to the Atlanta Braves in the championship series if that is who they face. I kind of alluded to this earlier. If Woodruff is healthy, I don't like the Brewers. I love the Brewers. So going to be a wait and see type thing. If Woodruff can throw the ball, I love the Brewers coming out as, as a wild card team or you know as the Central Division champs and making a run, especially the Dodgers, who they would face in that second round. We mentioned that the injuries that the Atlanta Braves have suffered to their starting rotation. Well, the Dodgers, right now, they're relying on Clay Kershaw, who doesn't have the best of playoff histories. Bobby Miller, a rookie who has never seen the playoffs in his entire life. They've had injuries to Julio Rios. I'm sorry, Julio Rios has gone with legal issues. Dustin May's out with injuries. Walker Bueller's done for the year. They're crippling into the playoffs, too. So there's absolutely a window for Milwaukee if Woodruff is healthy. Philadelphia, Brooksy, my co-host on the pod, he thinks they're built for the postseason. They have three dominant starters, Suarez, Nola, and Wheeler. That's typically what you need coming into a postseason and have a lineup that is one through nine, an absolute force, and they're healthy, and they have a really good bullpen, Soto, Kimbrell, and Dominguez. They have stars on Philadelphia. He thinks they're built for the postseason. I expect them to make a deep run as well if they can get past Atlanta in round two. Yep, I am right there with you, and I do think that we are set for what is going to be some amazing postseason action all October into that's very early November. Danny, I know that you and Will Middlebrooks are going to be doing a great job of being break it down on top of taking a look at the playoffs as well. I'm sure that you're going to be taking a look at these managerial moves. And there's lots of vacancies out there. But with regards to Major League Baseball right now, you do an absolutely tremendous job with that podcast and so much more. So love to get people at home, know what's on tap for you, and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Appreciate it, Greg. Yeah, you can follow us at Wake and Rake Pod, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. And you can listen to us on all your favorite listening platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Absolutely. And Danny does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at this great game of baseball. And every single time he joins this podcast, lends tremendous insights. A big thanks to Danny for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. They give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Wednesday as we touch them all. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast 
on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans. The chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews 
with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family of Podcasts. It is always great to get on our good friend Danny Vietti. He does tremendous work over at CBS Sports, taking a look at the great game that we all know and love. He also does a great job with his own podcast as well. That would be the Wake and Rake podcast. He does that along with Will Middlebrooks, who you may recall, he won a World Series over there with the Boston Red Sox. And hey, spent some time as a Milwaukee Brewer as well. So always appreciate everything that Danny brings to the podcast. Big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you a picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this Baseball Wednesday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNET underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation R, which for some reason goes American League game, National League game, and then American League game, National League game. I have absolutely no idea why, but that's the way that it is all set up on this one. And in this case as well, because... Openers really don't get posted until after game one of these series as well. And the same is going to be going for any as necessary game threes as well. You're not going to be getting an opening number until after game two concludes. I'm going to be giving you guys more ranges because I am doing this as we don't have a lot of openers for most of these games. Sans the Texas Rangers and Tampa Bay Rays games. So do be mindful of that, but still have for you guys my full analysis and everything like that. So let's get things started with 9.51, 9.52 on the betting board. It is the Walker Texas Rangers, and they're on the road. They're facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays. As going for the Rays, it is Zach Eflin, and Nathan Evaldi goes for Texas. The total on this game is 8. The over and the under are both at minus 110, with Tampa Bay, you're finding the money between minus 148 to minus 158, and between plus 124 to a plus 145 is your number on Texas at with the Rays, I was willing to lay up to a minus 149 on the money line. DraftKings has a minus 148. That is the max that I am willing to lay, but at these current numbers, that's what I'd be looking to lay. With Zach Eflin, 
He has been very good at home with regards to his record. And I will say, towards back half of the season, his home and road splits did iron out. But all in all, this has been a guy that I've been looking to back at home much more than on the road. 330 home ERA, 370 ERA on the road. And for Eflin, he has been very good at limiting our contact at home, giving up just under home run per nine innings. And with Eflin as well, the walks are just absolutely insane. He's giving up just over 1.2 walks per nine innings. The accuracy has been very pinpoint, and he comes in in not like the world's greatest form, but far from terrible form as well in his last five starts, posting up about a four or so ERA, giving up three home runs in that time span, and actually coming in, getting right around about 11 strikeouts per nine innings, but just giving up a little bit too much with regards to general contact, giving up approximately three runs in three of his last five starts, but no more than three and any of those, he has to now shut down a Texas Rangers lineup that I mean, it's been fearsome all season long. And this is the way that the Texas Rangers are going to be looking to try to get to victory as you've got a starting lineup that when you want it, you can have all but one player having a batting average north of a 245 for this bunch with regards to regular season numbers, obviously. Postseason numbers, they're going to vary a little bit, but... You just have so much thumping power with Adolis Garcia being able to slug out 39 home runs during the regular season. Corey Seager, someone that's able to go deep every about 14 or so at-bats while providing a 325 average and nearly a 400 on base. And then Marcus Simeon, the way that he has been able to produce over the last 30 days has been tremendous as well. Had 100 RBI during the regular season. Coming into the playoffs, nine home runs in the last three days with a 370 on base. You just go down the list of guys that have been able to hit at least a 260 and have been able to supply 14 plus home runs. Larry Tavares, Ezekiel Duran, Nathaniel Lowe. You just go down the list. Jonah Heim, Mitch Carver. These guys have been able to do an absolutely tremendous job. On the flip side for the Tampa Bay Rays, you can tell that just some of the injuries have gone to the team. They have gotten Jose Siri back for the postseason, but. Did not look like himself in the field in game number one. Has not been a guy that has really been able to move the line all season long. Isak Paredes certainly has been better against right-handed pitching rather than left-handed pitching during the regular season. He's a man that was able to thump out 31 home runs. I believe that all but five of them came against right-handed pitching. So clearly has a little bit of an edge here in the Tampa Bay Rays team in general. You can tell that they struggled with a lefty in Jordan Montgomery in game number one, getting the righty in Nathan Avaldi here. I think is going to be absolutely massive. And for Avaldi, he just has not looked like himself since coming off the injured list. Now, he does catch a little bit of a break with those injuries of the Tampa Bay Rays, like Brandon Lyle. He has been dealing with a little bit of a ailment, so that has been hurting this team a little bit. But for Avaldi, the big thing for him is, can he just provide a little bit more length than he did in most of his starts since coming off the injured list in the month of September? They were able to trot him out there six times, and in his six starts, he provided a grand total of 20 and a third innings, providing about three and a half innings to start. He had a fielding independent of a 788 and a 930 ERA, giving up seven home runs in 20 and a third innings, including giving up a seven spot in his last start prior to the playoffs against the Seattle Mariners. He currently is not in good form, and I think that it's really going to be all hands on deck for the Texas Rangers. you got to think that for the Texas Rangers, piggybacking might be something that they're looking to do. I don't know who that exactly would be because I think that Andrew Keeney would have to start game three, but I'm thinking that Martin Perez is going to be on call for this one. Would not doubt it if they've got Dane Doning on speed dial as well. And then you've got a trio of guys in the bullpen that will be able to do a relatively okay job for this team as you've been able to get a sub-320 ERA out of Veraldis Chapman along with Jose LeClerc and then Chris Rand, sub-4 ERA of his own. But we have seen Will Smith be a little bit shaky as well, and that's where the Tampa Bay Rays are going to have a big advantage in this one. The bullpen, it is far better as they brought in Jake Diekman, Chris Davinsky, Robert Stevenson. These guys, since they joined the Tampa Bay Rays, have a sub-3 ERA after they struggled in their previous spots. You have Charm Armstrong, along Pete Fairbanks, Colin Poucher. These guys, they'll be able to give you a sub-3 ERA all throughout the season as well. I do think that the pitching is going to be able to carry the Rays to victory. I think that they're going to do a good job of limiting the Texas Rangers in what is a little bit more of a pitcher's ballpark. For the Texas Rangers, their home runs per game rate falls significantly when they're on the road. They average a full run per game fewer when they are on the road. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they certainly slugged down more home runs when they were on the road rather than when they were at home as well. So I did somebody to a little bit south of 8. I said it more around at 7.8. So here at the 8, going to be taking a look at the under. And with the race, one to lay up to a minus 149 and not a cent more. As we go to 
953-954. On the betting board, it is the Miami Marlins. They hit the road. They're facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. says, you got Aaron Nola, who's going to be on the bump for the Phils, and it is Braxton Garrett who goes for the Miami Marlins. This is one of those games that currently does not have any numbers up, as this was one of the late games on the board for Tuesday, so we are awaiting those openers, but I did set it to where I'm willing to lay up to a minus 145 with the Philadelphia Phillies, plus 147 or higher. Going to be taking a look at the Marlins, and 7.5 or less, going to be looking at an over, and 8 or higher, I'm going to be taking a look at the under with Aaron Nola. He has been a vastly different pitcher when he has been at home rather than on the road for his career. He's got an ERA that's about a point better when he is at home rather than on the road. It's been even more demonstrative this year. 3.29 home ERA. 5.43 ERA on the road. On the road. He just gave up the deep ball. I mean, man. He gave up about 1.7 to 1.8 home runs per nine innings. Not that he completely mitigated hard contact at home, giving up about 1.25 home runs per nine innings at home, but certainly on the road. It was a big, giant issue for him. And at home, he was able to generate nearly 10 strikeouts per nine innings. The command has been very good for him when he's been in Philadelphia as well. About 1.75 walks per nine innings, but he does go up against someone in Braxton Garrett, who has been far better when he's been on the road rather than at home as well, which is very befuddling because Miami yielded the fewest home runs of any ball break in the National League this year, so I do find that to be a little bit head-scratching. For Braxton Garrett, when he was at home, he was giving up 1.4 home runs per nine innings, 446 ERA, 285 ERA on the road, giving up about 0.8 home runs per nine innings. And against the Philadelphia Phillies, Garrett did have his issues this year. He made two starts, gave up six runs over the course of 10 innings, so something to be mindful of there. And as to go up against the Philadelphia Phillies team, that's just completely locked and loaded with regards to this lineup. In the back half of the season, we really did see Trey Turner along with Bryce Harper be able to get things going for Bryce Harper. Just three home runs in his first 58 games of the season. In his last 68 games, he had 18 home runs. So he has really been able to ascend while being able to provide a four-arm base. And then you've got guys that are just moving the line for the team. Brandon Marsh, Bryson Stott, Alec Bohm, only between about a 274 to 280. The on-base percentage stands Marsh can be a little bit hit or miss, but Bohm was able to provide 20 home runs. JT Muto was able to give you 20 home runs. And JT Muto under the radar, he did have some struggles towards the beginning part of the season, but he's been able to round into a little bit of better form as well. In his last 14 or so games, was sitting about a 300 going into the postseason, so something that you do like to see. Obviously, Kyle Schwarber is your main home run hitter for the team with 47 home runs, about a 340 or so on base. And then I think it is interesting to look at this Marlins lineup as well because they have been one of your lower-scoring lineups in the National League. Bottom three team with regards to runs per game since the beginning of the month of July, but we have noticed that ever since they picked up Josh Bell along with Jake Berger at the trade deadline, this team has been a little bit better with regards to home run power. Prior to picking them up, they were a bottom five team in the big leagues with regards to home runs on a per at-bat and a per-game basis. Since July 28th, so right around that trade deadline period, the Miami Marlins may turn into being team number 14 in the big leagues with regards to home runs on a per at-bat and a per-game basis. So, you know what? A little bit more respectable on that front. They have to deal with a little bit of an ailment to Luis Arise, so we're going to see how close 100% he's going to be just throughout the postseason, whether or not he's able to make every start, get his full allotment of bats and everything like that. He was in the lineup for game one, so certainly something to be checking in on, but with Bell along with Berger, a combined 56 home runs this season since Berger got to town, about a 350 on base. And then you do have guys like AC Sanchez, Brian De La Cruz, you're able to throw in there, Ori Soler, Josh Bell in between about a 245 to 260 with Soler, main home run hitter for the team with 36 home runs. The bottom of the fold can sometimes be a little bit rough with Nick Fortes, Jacob Stallings at the catcher spot. But for the Miami Marlins, what I think is key is being able to get their good bullpen pieces in advantageous spots as well. Because with this Miami Marlins bunch, you've had A.J. Puck not necessarily be himself. David Robertson was someone that they were relying upon when they acquired him at the trade deadline. Sad Wallnerth of a 5 ERA with the Miami Marlins. But I do like what I've seen out of Andrew Nardi along with Tanner Scott, a pair of guys that have been able to give you a sub-3-3 ERA. George Ferriano had a little bit of a fall off towards back of the season, but he's able to provide some length. And they do all go up against the Philadelphia Phillies bullpen that they have been a top-four bullpen in the National League with regards to ERA. 
throughout the season. Jeff Hoffman, Matt Strom, I've been able to give you a sub-3-5 ERA. They're able to lend some length. Sir Anthony Dominguez has been a little bit over the place, but Jose Alvarado has been a main concept for this team all season long, providing a buck seventy four ERA. And it always is a little bit of a roll of the dice with Craig Kimbrell. I recognize that he's had his ups and downs, but all in all for the season, hasn't been too bad. And in his last 12 pitching appearances, allowed just two earned runs. So I do think that the Philadelphia Phillies, they should be a mid-sized favorite. Aaron Nola, I do feel like is a little bit overrated from time to time. So if you get a plus 147 or greater, looking at the Miami Marlins, one layup to a minus 145 with the Phillies. And then seven and a half or less, looking at the over eight or higher to the under. 955, 956 on the betting board. The Minnesota Twins are going to be playing us to the Toronto Blue Jays. Jose Barrios goes for the Jays. And yes, Sonny Gray is on the bump for the Twins. And as I do this show, we are just getting openers with the openers. We're seeing Minnesota as minus 142 favorite over at DraftKings. Most other books have this anywhere between a minus 122 up to a minus 130 on Minnesota. Seeing anywhere between plus 112 to plus 120 on the Toronto Blue Jays. 7.5 is the total with the 7.5 over is anywhere between minus 110 to a minus 120. The under is anywhere between even and minus 110. Seeing one straight 8 out there with an under minus 120 and the over at even, but mostly seeing openers of 7.5 with the juice on the over and I'm honestly willing to take this under. I set my total at 7.4, so whether you've got a 7.5 or an 8, I am going to be willing to dive under. And for the Blue Jays, I need at least a plus 133 to be able to take a shot. So these minus 122s, these minus even 130s, I'm going to be willing to lay it with the Minnesota Twins. I really like what I saw from Sonny Gray towards back half of the season. And with Jose Barrios, I just can never get over the fact that he's got those interesting home and road splits. Now, because he spent much of his career out there in Minnesota, maybe he is going to have a little bit of an advantage because he has pitched so well here in Minnesota throughout his career. But, I mean, for Jose Barrios, just all throughout his career, he's always been a guy that I've wanted to back at home and fade on the road. And this is north of a 400-inning sample size, both at home and on the road. As a matter of fact, north of a 600-inning sample size in both locations. At home, he's got a career 358 ERA, a career 472 ERA on the road with his home runs per nine rate jumping by north of 35%. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, they did have to burn up much of the bullpen behind them in the game yesterday. Now, pretty much everyone except for Jordan Nix threw 14 pitchers or fewer, but you saw for the Toronto Blue Jays, them just have a little bit of a tough time with Royce Lewis. And Royce Lewis spent quite a bit of time on the injury list towards the back half of the season, but when Royce Lewis has been out there for the Twins, it has been remarkable. If you combine the game that we saw yesterday, 17 home runs at a little bit over 220 at-bats this season, hitting above a 300. He is the heart and soul of this Minnesota Twins lineup. They did have four guys during the regular season in Max Kepler, Michael A. Taylor, Joey Gallo, Carlos Correa. I'll give you at least 18 home runs with Kepler being the only guy to really give you north of a 315 on base. But I mean, the guys that are currently getting it done for this team are guys like Alex Kurloff, Matt Walner, Edward Julian, along with Lewis. These guys are able to move the line, give you north of a 350 on base. They don't have as many home runs overall, but in terms of home runs on a prep bat basis, these guys will be able to come along for the ride. And for the Blue Jays, this team has been a far better offense when they've been on the road rather than when they've been at home. At home, they're averaging about 4.35 runs per contest and 1.07 home runs per game. About 1.25 home runs per game and 4.9 runs per game on the road. They had plenty of opportunities yesterday. Could not cash in. I think that they might be able to take advantage of those opportunities a little bit more here. But you don't have that main star masher for this team. You expected that to be Vlager or Jr. He did have 26 home runs during the regular season, but just wasn't up to Vlager or Jr. Sanders was able to give you about a 345 on base. And then during the season, you had the likes of Alejandro Kirk, don't call his name, Kevin Kiermeyer, Boba Shed, Kevon Biggio, Matt Chapman, George Springer. All provide about a 322 to a 340 on base. Nothing more, nothing less. Brandon Belt has been able to do a solid job of being a move line. And for the Blue Jays, you do have the better bullpen in this spot as you do have Tim Meza, Eric Swanson in a Blue Jays uniform with these two guys as they began the season in St. Louis. Dennis Cabrera, Jordan X, all providing a sub 330 ERA. And for the Minnesota Twins, they did have to use Yohan Duran yesterday, but only for 14 pitches. So he could conceivably come back in this one. He, Caleb Theobar, Brock Stewart have all been able to supply a sub-3-5 yard. Griffin Jacks has been able to do a solid job as well. So it is a spot where seeing the openers that we're getting right around about a minus 125, even up to 
about a minus 132 or so. Going to be willing to lay it with the Minnesota Twins. And here at a 7.5, saw a straight 8 earlier, but mostly seeing 7.5. Going to be taking a look at the under. And then we wrap things up with what is most likely going to be my DK Network write-up pick. This is subject to a little bit of change since I do have to do this a little bit in advance. But 9.57, 9.58 on the betting board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. They are on the road facing off against the Milwaukee Brewers. We do know that Zach Allen is going to be going for the Arizona Diamondbacks with the Brewers. It's to be determined, and I'm thinking that we're going to be getting Freddie Peralta. I'd be stunned if we don't get Freddie Peralta. If we get Freddie Peralta going for the Brewers, I'm setting them as a minus 144 favorite. I am sure that I'm going to be ahead of where the market is going to be having this game, as I've noticed that a lot of books, they do overvalue Zach Allen a little bit when he's on the road, so I'm thinking Brewers money line is going to be my DK Network write-up pick. I will have in the show notes if I do settle on something else. So be mindful there. And even if it is Wade Miley for the Milwaukee Brewers, I probably still would be considering that. Because if you get a pick'em game with Wade Miley, I probably would be willing to side with the Milwaukee Brewers because it's a Brewers team that they flat out have the better bullpen. With the Arizona Diamondbacks, yes, they were actually a top three bullpen with regards to ERA in the month of September. But if you look at the whole, the entirety of the season, this has been a bunch that they've been struggling with their bullpen. Kevin Ginkle has actually been able to do a solid job. You've been able to get some good innings as well out of someone like a Bryce Jarvis. These are two guys that be able to give you a sub-3-2 ERA since Paul Sewell came over from Seattle about a 3-6 with him. But there are so many guys like Miguel Castro, Luis Frias, Kyle Nelson that posted up a north of 4 ERA towards the second half of the season and just overall for the season. Joe Mantiply got used up quite a bit in the game that we saw yesterday as well. In the Arizona Diamondbacks, they were unable to get three full innings out of Brandon Fott because the Brewers were able to pound the tar out of him. So that works in the advantage of the Milwaukee Brewers. And on top of that, what works in the advantage of the Milwaukee Brewers is the fact that Zach Allen, I was alluding to it, he does get overvalued on the road because people look at his whole numbers and they think that they are tremendous. And I mean, Zach Allen was one of the best starters in the National League this year. I don't think that there's any questioning that, but with regards to Zach Allen as well, just a vastly different pitcher home to road. Won 17 games this year. 12 of them came at home. At home, 247 ERA, 0.6 home runs and 1.6 walks per nine innings surrendered on the road. 442 ERA, 1.25 home runs surrendered, two and a half walks per nine innings. So a big divide there. If you look at the advanced numbers and how much hard contact Zach Young gives up, he serves the top of the league with that regard as well. And he's backed up by an Arizona Diamondbacks lineup that has not been themselves. They were able to get a trio of home runs off of Corbin Birds yesterday, so you give a little bit of credit where credit is due. But for the Arizona Diamondbacks, since the beginning of the month of July, this team has been second worst in the National League with regards to runs per game, averaging about 4.05 runs per contest in that time span with having a fearsome foursome for this team. And Kitel Marte, Corbin Carroll, along with Christian Walker throwing their Lourdes Gurriel, all being able to give you at least 24 home runs with Carroll, Marte, and Gurriel, all between 24 and 25 home runs. And the main masher was Christian Walker with 33, but... Walker entered in the postseason just pretty ghastly over the last three days, hitting a buck 91 with a 260 on base and just four home runs in his final 95 at bats of the regular season. You were able to get Marte and Carroll a home run yesterday, but you're going to need the bottom of the fold to step up once again. Geraldo Perdomo had a pretty miserable second half of the season, hitting a sub 230 after the All Star break. Alec Thomas, Evan Longoria, they haven't been able to hold up. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, ever since they traded for Carlos Santana, that was in the back half of July. If you date it back to the last series in the month of July, starting July 28th on, this Brewers team in the top nine of the big leagues with regards to runs per game with about 5.16 runs per contest. Carlos Santana has been able to give you a home run every about 19 and a half at bat, hitting about a 250. That's what they needed to be able to relegate some of these guys like Joey Weimer, Bryce Terang, and guys like this out of the fold. You've been able to get some good production out of Sal Friedlich whenever Andrew Marisario's got at bats. He's been able to do a solid job as well, though I know that he's been dealing with few ailments as well. Christian Yelich, William Contreras, a pair of guys who gave you a 360 on base, both between 17 and 19 home runs this season with this Brewers team as well. While averaging the 5.2 runs per contest, 
only averaging about a home run per contest. As a matter of fact, less than a home run per contest because this measured the final 59 games of the regular season for the Brewers. They hit just 58 home runs in that time span. William Adamas has not been supplying a lot of power, but he's been much better at getting on base recently. For William Adamas, last 30 days going into the postseason, he was providing about a 382 on base. By far his best stretch of the season. Only two home runs at that time span, but it's all that the Brewers need. Just move the line. Find a way to be able to get on base. And with the Brewers, they've got a very nice, fearsome foursome in that bullpen. Devin Williams, obviously the closer of this team, but past that, Hobie Miller, Joe Pions, Abner Uribe, all of these guys giving you a sub-256 ERA during the regular season. Trevor McGill has been able to step up for this bunch as well. So with the Brewers, I do think that they have a nice edge here, given that Freddie Peralta most likely going to get the start here. For Freddie Peralta, last 11 starts of the regular season, averaging 13.2 strikeouts per nine innings, 244 ERA, 251 fielding independent, and overall for the season, posted up a 386 ERA, but really rounded into form towards back half of the campaign and was better at home rather than on the road. 344 home ERA, 434 ERA on the road, and I will say, if you do get Wade Miley in this spot as well, I'll throw this in there just in case for Wade Miley. I mean, a 314 ERA, the fielding independent is about a point and a half higher, so you do want to take caution there, but for Wade Miley, has been able to do a very solid job of not allowing too many walks, only giving up about like two and a half, two point seven walks per nine innings. Certainly not a strikeout guy, but being a pitcher contact guy against an Arizona Diamondbacks team that has been rough with regards to being able to put up runs as going into the postseason for the Arizona Diamondbacks. This team was not really getting the job done, putting up three runs or fewer in each out of their final five games. So that was a bit of an issue. I do think that the Brewers should be able to get it done. So by DK Network right to pick, that is going to be on the Brewers' money line as long as we don't get something harebrained. I set them at a minus 144 with Freddie Peralta going, so I'd be willing to lay up to a minus 143. I would need a plus 145 and back Zach Gallon, And then somebody told to where if it's Peralta versus Gallon, seven after less looking at the over, eight or higher to the under. If it is going to be Wade Miley, it'd be an eight or less to the over, eight and a half or higher to the under. And that'll wrap things up. For the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, if one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my X timeline at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. Big thanks to Danny Vietti for joining me in the last segment as well. Does amazing work over at CBS Sports. I'm with the Wake and Rake podcast, and I'll be with you guys every single day on this fine podcast all throughout the baseball season. I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.